part two of our uh, message last week. We entitled it, I entitled it, Christ Must Light. Uh, last week, we're going to do a little bit of recap. Um, this is from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2, and then jump to verse 5 to 7. For, for those of you who are... Um, Donovan, is this not working? There you go. Let me read to you Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. And then 5 to 7, for those of you who weren't able to join us last week. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Verse 5 reads, Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Please join me in another word of prayer before we get into our message. Dear Lord, we thank you once again for this opportunity to praise and worship you and learn more about you, your will, and your ways for us. We humbly ask, Lord God, that you please teach us and guide us by your Holy Spirit, Spirit through the use of your Holy Word, the Bible. Help me, Father God, your unworthy servant, to speak your truth and nothing but the truth. We admit, Lord God, that apart from you we can do nothing. And even if we seem that we are understanding what you're saying, Father God, if you do not speak to us, we will not understand it completely. So we ask, Father, that you give us the wisdom Open our hearts, open our minds to your truth and help us, Lord God, with humility to accept it. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins, but please do not let anything hinder you from hearing and responding to our need for you this evening. Father, please bless my preparations, but like always, Lord God, please supersede it as you see fit. For it is your people, it is your message. And they might hear my voice, Lord God, but I pray that in their hearts they will hear you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So again, last week we tackled these two points. We, we discussed for a very lengthy time the darkness of the world. Everybody we knew, we understood it. But it's good to always review it. That the world is dark. And then the, numbers, the, the second point is the meaning of light. Here's some recaps real fast of the statements that we have, uh, uh, the truth that we discovered or we learned last week. The first point is, is when the world, when the Bible used the word darkness or in the dark, it means two things. It's about evil, about darkness, and also ignorance. And then um, it means that the world is filled with evil and untold suffering. Look at what was happening now. It's the same thing that was happening during the birth of Jesus. Violence, injustice, abuse of power, homelessness, refugees fleeing, oppression, families ripped apart, and bottomless grief. Right? It's the same thing now. That's what we're also going through. The world is so ignorant that it thinks that it can find a solution from within. If it is both ignorant and evil, it cannot, it cannot help itself. But it continues to believe that it can. Through unity and peace. But how can evil people, through unity and peace, really keep united and really be peaceful? Because if the world is evil, everybody has their own biases. 
The, the whites will, will favor the whites. The blacks will favor the blacks. The Filipinos will favor the whites. <laughs> recap. Another recap statement. The other way our world is in the dark is that no one knows enough to cure the evil. No one knows enough to cure the evil and suffering in it. Isaiah 9.2 reads, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Remember Isaiah 8.19.20? When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Verse 20 reads, Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. They are looking toward the earth and to human resources to fix the world. That's the world looking within. They are looking to their experts, to their mystics, to the scholars for solutions. To whoever sits in the president seat. They say we are in darkness, but we can overcome it ourselves. That's what the world says. That's what the world wants themselves to believe. But we know as believers, with the light that is being shed by, to us by the Bible, that is, there's no way that the world can heal itself. People make the same claim today. Some look to the state, some more to the market. Everyone looks to technology, yet they share the identical assumption. Things are dark, but we can find, we can end that darkness with intellect and innovation, which we all know, we discussed it last week, that it's not. Because if it were possible, Christmas would have not been needed. Jesus would have not been needed to come down here and shed the light in this dark world. Amen? Imagine I tackled that in seven minutes. You suffered 55 minutes last week. <laughs> These two points tonight is Christ revealed in continuation to that, and then Christ is God. First point tonight, Christ revealed. In Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. It also resonates John 3.16. For God, so for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Isaiah and John refers to Jesus being given to the world, to the dark world. The world that hated him and still hates him. It, tell me if there is any other religion or world belief that their main person that they worship is used as a curse word other than our Lord Jesus Christ. You can look into your movies and the shows that you watch. Many times they use Jesus Christ's name as a slur word. How come nobody comes up with this, this expression? Oh my Buddha. How come they, they use something else? Why is it that, that because this, our faith, we proclaim love to the world, but yet the world hates us? Look at the media. Who did they favor? If they, if, I've never heard anything that's offensive against the Muslim or Islam. They're so careful with that. But with Christianity, it's, it's approached with mockery. 
with with insulting words and that we are looked as we're, we're being mocked as if we're close-minded people we're portrayed as that in their movies and in their shows naive not smart old school believing in fables but look at this christmas folks i know this is our christmas christmas series right and i know i'm not going through our christmas story but i hope that because we're trying to reveal the hidden messages of Christmas. Christmas is the reason why Christmas happened is because the world cannot save itself. And then the number one thing here is that the Son, God Himself, was given to this dark world because, look at this, for God loved the world in this way. I like this translation. I'm using this translation tonight because it tells us in this way in what way god loved us in what way that he gave his son now did he give him his son here to reign over us to rule over us no he gave jesus he jesus gave himself to be the sacrifice for our failures for our sins for our constant repeated offenses against him and to each other christmas folks if you're stressing out in your shopping maybe not because it's covid right or you're doing the online thing if you're putting yourself in debt again i hope that you will actually remove yourself from how the world approaches what christmas is to the real meaning of christmas I hope that you, when you hear your, those Christmas songs, the Silent Night, the Emmanuel, it will, it will give you a different feeling. I know for most of us, for the Filipinos that grew up in the, in the Philippines, we, when we sing that song, I can remember doing the caroling and waiting for money after I sing that. We will go around the neighborhood. I was remembering that earlier. But I know I, know I shouldn't be feeling that way. But you know, songs have a way to make us remember certain things, correct? At certain events in our lives but I'm hoping that as we renew our mind that's a, that's a command right that we continue to renew our mind believers that we will we will realize the truth about Christmas yes it's good it's a good feeling we don't we need Christmas this year more than ever especially with this this dark year that we've had but let it be more than just a good feeling folks let it be more than just and just that good feeling in our hearts or that, that churning in our stomach. But let it be a great realization that God loved me so much. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. Because this is the time that He came down so that I can be with Him. That should be what we should be reflecting on. This is, this is why we said Christ must light, right? Christmas lights. Christ must light in our hearts. When you see those Christmas lights, Christ must be lighting in your heart. That this is when Christ revealed Himself into this dark world to be a living, to be a, the sacrifice on the cross to die a criminal's death, the worst death ever on record. Still, it is for us. And look at here in First John four nine to ten, God's love was revealed. We're still on first, the, the first point, right? Christ revealed. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His one 
and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In case we have forgotten. In case we have forgotten what Christmas really is about. Christmas should remind us that this is when God's love was revealed to us in the manner of God Himself through Jesus Christ given, given, coming down from heaven to take a human form. Not to be, in a, not to be born in a castle, but to be born in the manger for the main purpose of becoming the payment for our sins against Him. That is what Christmas is, folks. So stop stressing out if you can't find that purse for your wife, gentlemen. And you're welcome. That's a nice gift too. That's a clue for you guys too. <laughs> Imagine the surprise birthday party. Imagine the surprise birthday, birthday party. Everybody was so excited to surprise the birthday celebrant. They all called each other. They coordinated things in their time. They have the cake. They have everybody. They called everybody. But to their big surprise, they forgot to call the celebrant. What? That's a surprise birthday party. Folks, that's the same way if you have forgotten to celebrate. If you're celebrating Christmas and your heart is far away from the truth of Christmas, you have invited everybody else, you've cooked the turkey, but you've forgotten the celebrant. Jesus is the celebrant. But try not to be so caught up with that, with the cuteness of that. Because that baby, that cute baby, that we know that you can imagine, or if you've seen in movies, was going to grow up, well, grew up to die on the cross for your sins and mine. Imagine that that's your purpose. Imagine if you were told, like, at three years old, like, listen, Joe, when you're 33, you're going to be sacrificed on the cross. Well, I can't, I can't wait. Right? Is that going to be our, 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 our motivation? No. We're gonna, this is our first reaction. Why me? That, at least that'll be mine. Why me? My brother. How about my brother? I have a brother. I have a sister. How about take both of them? <laughs> Why me? Right? That, that's that's going to be my reaction. But Jesus, God Himself, willingly placed Himself in that position, in that moment in time in the history of the world. He willingly came down from earth. Royalty came down to this world, this dark world. The royalty in heaven to be born in, in the Manger. And we're complaining about how crappy our house is, how small our bed is, how crammed our apartment is, or how not happy our life is, or it's not turning out the way we thought it was going to turn out, or the fact that we're not surrendering our lives to how God wants us to live our lives too, right? Because we have a better plan than God. This Christmas, folks, as we do it every year, 
we challenge you, or we, I shouldn't say I challenge you, but I remind you to be, to, to, to think that the real meaning of Christmas is, is far away from the sentimental value or, or feeling that it has given you and the world has, has told you to feel and to think about. It's, it's away from the commercialism of it. It's not happy holidays. That's what, the other thing I don't get. If they don't really like Christmas and like the meaning of Christmas, why do they even celebrate it with us? It should just be a Chris, Christian holiday. If they don't believe it, celebrate their own thing in September. Right? I mean, think about it. In case we have forgotten, this is how God has revealed His love for us. By giving Himself to be the living sacrifice. This is the time of the year where people really take their time to find that one special gift for their loved ones. Right? I think so. I think this is that one day. And unless you're married, there's another day to see your anniversary or maybe your wife's birthday, if you remember. And most of us, and most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, people think that in order for them to truly show their love and appreciation to their loved ones, they buy the most expensive or the most coveted item that their loved one has been wanting or they think is wanting. But you know what? Most of the time, again, not all the time, once the recipients opens and sees the gifts, most of the time they can't help but to be amazed and to be ecstatic to see that that gift, that, that you took the time and you spent the money to give that special thing to them. And then they'll say, why did you spend so much? Yeah. Filipinas are good at this. Those of you who are married or dating a Filipina, remember this. When they say, you shouldn't have, you should have. <laughs> it's a trap. They'll fall into it. We, but then most of the time, this is, this is the heartbreak. You took so much time. You traveled to Sacramento to grab that thing. You spent a thousand dollars for whatever it may be. You give it to your loved ones and they say, what? What is this? I didn't ask for this. Whose list have you been reading? And you're like, oh my gosh, this was my ex's favorite. <laughs> Two things there. I have a point. I have a point. Two things there. One, Christ, the, the gift that Christ has given us, cost Him so much. So much. And some of us, we, have, we celebrate that. We take that with, with full ex, ecstasy feeling. My goodness, why me? Thank you, Lord. But throughout the years, because it's repeatedly being said and you repeatedly hear it. And then and, and the, the, the feeling's gone. That loving feeling is gone. You remember that song? You've lost that loving feeling. 
you just see it and you're just like, what? This is it, Lord? I still haven't met the person that I'm going to spend my entire life with. The, the person that I've been praying for, the girl that I've been praying for, the boy that I've been praying for, the, 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 the millions that I've been trying to work for, the house that I've been trying to save for, I still don't have it, Lord. I mean, I get it, you love me, but is that it? Sometimes we, we approach Christmas in that manner. We approach our relationship with God in that manner. And we've taken it for granted because we made God about something else and we made our relationship about something else or about someone else. Christmas time, folks, as you enjoy it, I'm, I'm encouraging you, enjoy Christmas with your loved ones. Those who matter to you, be with them. Find that gift. Do it. But don't overspend. Don't, don't shoot yourself in the foot trying to please them. But, but do it. Enjoy it. Enjoy it with your loved ones. But do not forget the celebrate, the real reason. And do not take yourself away from that real meaning of it. Because that's when you'll crumble. Because that person will not give you the same amount of appreciation that you think you deserve. Do we see God's gift of Jesus Christ the way we should be seeing it? As if it's our all in all? Do we? Do you still approach Christmas with that amazement? Oh my goodness. God loved me so much that He came down for me. Do you see it that way every year? We should be. The second point, Christ is God. Christ is God. In Isaiah 9.6, And He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. And in John 8.58 reads, Jesus said to them, I assure you, before Abraham was I am. That's in Exodus 3, 13 and 14. The verse in Isaiah 9 tells us that the light has come for us, a child is born. This child brings the light to a dark world because he is our quote-unquote wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. All the traits of God himself. You know, there's a trap here. You know, there, there the, the biggest trap of Christmas is we see Jesus as a baby only. And all the cuteness of it and all the Home Alone movies that you've seen. The Christmas story, the guy that's going to shoot his eye out. You've made it about everything else. And we've forgotten that the, 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 the reason why we're celebrating Christmas is God himself came down to become a baby. Taking a form of a baby as payment for us. But He is, like Isaiah said, He is our wonderful Counselor, our mighty God. Now this year has been rough, and the rough is an understatement. We have brothers and sisters in this church that are still going through some dark times. And this year with this COVID, with your mask on right now, with the six feet distancing, with the lack of you eating out, which you lost weight, which praise God. All these things, all these things have been such a challenge for us. And we tend to forget 
that the Christ that we believe in is God himself and that he is mighty. He is powerful. Because the candidate that you voted for seems to be losing, you've lost hope. Because you haven't been going to the movies for a long time, you've lost hope. This is what Tim Keller uh, wrote in his book, Hidden Christmas. I suggest you get it because it's a great book for you to have and to remind yourself of the truth of it. I'm, I'm getting a lot of pointers from it. It is remarkable that the four titles applied to this child belong to God alone. He is mighty God. He is the everlasting Father, which means He, Jesus Christ, is the Creator. And yet He is born. There is nothing like this claim in any major religions. He is a human being. However, He is not just some kind of avatar of the divine principle. He is God. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I said it, I mentioned it earlier, that the word, our Lord's name is always used in vain, right? By people. Hopefully, you don't. Hopefully, you don't. Hopefully, you find an alternative. But hopefully, you just don't do it at all. But Jesus Christ is God. So if you say, I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and He lives in my heart. You know, what, what are you saying? That you have God in you, correct? You have the Holy God in you. You have the powerful God in you. So why are you living a defeated life when challenges happen? I get it. We experience pain. I experienced pain for six weeks, maybe, or five weeks with my feet. And it's, it's you know, there's... I could say enough prayers, and the pain doesn't go away, even after praying. As I take steps and then stand up here, it, it will still hurt. But it doesn't take away the fact that I know that God will empower me. God will sustain me to do what I need to do for the church, for my children, for the business that He has given me. I approach my life now with full and complete boldness. Away from what I think I can do, because as, as the, the more I learn about the Lord, the more I know I can't do anything. The more I learn about Him, the more I realize that everything that I, I get to accomplish is because of His mercy. Because He was gracious to me. Because He allowed me. Now, if you see yourself in that manner, if you see God in that manner which you should be, you will see your life in a different light. How? You will see that, okay, maybe I should be wasting my time in this activity because God has given me the strength, God has given me the ability, God has given me the money to not spend it here that is not glorifying Him. Whatever it may be. It could be a hobby that is against God's will. It could be a movie, a show that is against God's will. It could be a lifestyle that you fully well know that is against God's will. It could be a relationship. It could be a business partnership that is that you know has taken you away from His will. If you see yourself that everything that, that you have, the ability to work, the strength that you have, the health, the fact that we are here in America, 
if you see everything has been given to you and he's allowing you to enjoy it, he's allowing you to do it, you will live your life worshiping him and praising him. The world is scared of COVID, the, the virus. The world is scared, rightfully so, because they think for them, this life is it, and they don't want to end it. For those of them who have denied God, they think that if they die, that's it. They're just going to rot, and they don't want to die because they're enjoying this world too much. And you know what? They're excused because they don't know any better. You know who's not excused? Us believers. Who Christ has given us the light. Him. Who has revealed the truth to us. He has showed it to us. That this life will pass. And in this life we will have trouble. But behold, he said, I have overcome the world. So Christian, why are you so afraid of dying? Praise God, except Tito Nancy. No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna charge it into this. If you're a Christian and you have taken steps to not be at church because you're afraid to have or to catch the coronavirus, that question goes to you. Why are you so afraid? Now, if you have pre-existing conditions, probably. You're, you're, you're approaching it with all prudence. That's fine. But if you're healthy, or, or the fact that you constantly go to work, because you can also catch it at work, you can catch it at the, at the grocery, you can catch it at the movies, you can catch it at the restaurant. Well, wait, apparently at the restaurants, if you're sitting down, you're not going to catch it. So you're fine when you go to the restaurants. Because they only ask you to wear the mask while you're going. John 8, 59. At that, they picked up stones to throw at him, but Jesus was hidden and went out of the temple complex. You know, the truth about Jesus being God is so offensive that even his people picked up stones to throw at him, to kill him. That's not a love tap. That's not a playing, oh yeah, you're so funny. No, they wanted to kill him. You know, that's the truth about Jesus. Christians, that's the truth about Jesus. If you have been trying to avoid to avoid to offend people because you, you don't want to share the, the truth about Jesus because you don't want to offend them, guess what? Jesus offends people. The truth about Jesus being God is offensive. Jesus never said, like me. No, you know what Jesus said in a way? Either you love me or you kill me. You love me or you crucify me. He never went for the middle like most of us love to do. Most of us, we love to go, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to be offensive. They can keep their opinion and I can keep mine. Right? I don't want to share Jesus. No. The truth about Jesus being God is offensive, period. Sure, it's your option. Just like, oh, that's obedience, right? It's optional. But why is it that some Christians try their best not to offend people by not sharing who Jesus truly is? 
to the people that God has thrown your way. Why are you so careful? You know, the only way you're not going to offend people about Jesus is if you tell them about a different Jesus. Yeah, be a false prophet. Oh, Jesus loves you, even if you don't love him. No, Jesus loved us even before we accepted him. But the only way that we will really be with him is if we accept him as the Lord, as God. That he is the only way to heaven. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, I'm not telling you to be fired tomorrow. But I'm just telling you, I'm questioning. It's December what? Somebody help me out. December 13, 2020. How many times this year did you share Jesus? That he is God. That he is the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. How many times? How many times at your work or with your friends or your co-workers, away from work, away from the clock, hopefully? How many? And then, and then let's reverse that question. How many times, how many times have you lived as if you're not a Christian this whole year? That you unapologetically lived the way you used to live. This is me, man. I don't care. Take me for who I am. That's fine, right? We're saying, you be offended, I don't care. If you don't love me, I'm not going to do anything about that. That's fine. That's, I can respect that to a degree. Because if, if, you could, if you could live your life that way, if you could profess, profess your, your, your truth, being genuine that way, why can't you do it for Jesus? Why not? December 13, 2020. I don't know how many years you've been with me or been with this church or you've been a Christian, but we will never stop. We will never stop charging you. Because in this church we say to know Christ, to become like Him, to make Him known. Some of you avoid the third part. You know why you're avoiding the third part? Because you never really got the second part. You know why you don't really get the second part? Because you don't really care about the first part. He stopped knowing Christ when you accepted Him. That's it. Party on, dude. Is the truth about Jesus to be accepted? Is the truth about Jesus to be accepted with arms wide open by the dark world? No. The answer is no. But why do some of us try our best not to offend people by not sharing His love to them? This Christmas time is one of the best times to proclaim the gospel. The truth that God himself became a baby, no longer a whirlwind or a burning bush or a pillar of fire, but a baby, a baby. In John 1, 14, it reads, the word became flesh. The word, Jesus became flesh. God became flesh and took up residence among us. We observe his glory. The glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, my children now are both in their teens. You know, Gianna can now run away from me when I try to tease her or try to tickle her or I try to carry her. Now, the carrying part with Alonzo is reversed. He tries, he tries to carry me now and I try to run away. 
you know the other thing is that that they're they're big and they're teenagers they have their own thinking they they argue with you they they have their own agenda no way about that when they were babies <laughs> when they were babies i thought it was it was tough when they were babies but now i'm like man i can't wait for them to become babies again <laughs> because when they were babies i can just pick them up hug them kiss them and they were open to it they couldn't complain. And they clung on to me. They clung on to me. They, they were just, they didn't know any better, I guess. <laughs> you know, there is nothing like a baby. Why would God come that Christmas morning, that Christmas day, why would God come in the form of a baby? Rather than a firestorm whirlwind you know because that time he came not to bring judgment he didn't come to bring judgment that time but he came to bear it he came to carry the judgment to take the judgment to pay for the penalty of our sins to take away the barrier between us and him so that we can be together. God is with us, right? Emmanuel. Dustin, you sang that really well, by the way. The, the, the singing, the praise and worship thing, you guys sang tonight majestically. You know, Christmas and the incarnation did not happen merely to let us know that God exists. It happened to bring Him near so He can be with us. So that He can be with us. And then there's the other truth of that. So that we can be with Him. So when we sing Jesus Emmanuel, God is with us. That also means that we are with Him. The question is, are, we, are you really with Him? Are you living your life like you are with God? That is, does it show in your life that you are with Him? Because He is with you, definitely, most definitely. God is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. But how about us? What challenge in, in your life happened this year that you neglected God? That you all of a sudden said, well, you know what? I'm going to have to go back to my old ways because this God thing is just not working out. I'm going to have to get another job because God's just not providing. Who cares if I stop going to church? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to change my lifestyle now because this whole God thing's not working for me. What happened? What happened to the truth that God is with you? Yes, it must have been really painful. Yes, it must have been very troubling. I've 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 gone through storms too. I have pimples and white hairs to prove it, and bad credit. <laughs> You know, it's, it's tough. Life is tough. Life can get really tough. The world is vicious, especially against us Christians. But what is the truth about God? God says that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And the Bible says that he, if He has given His Son to us, why will He not give us all things? Now, the thing is, when we interpret all things like millionaire, 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 
five seven cars, five to seven cars, a jet plane, all the girls that I want, all the boys that I want, a worldly point of view, a worldly kind of blessing, a worldly kind of success. That's how we mostly in interpret when God will give us all things. And we all know that it's not true. We all know that God knows best, but we don't always like it. We don't always like it. That's, that's the truth about God. Most of the time, He will do things to us to correct our thinking and our hearts. And most of the time, we spend our lives arguing with Him and running away from Him instead of running towards Him. Now, to put both points together about Christ being revealed and that Christ is God, we should see that the claim that Jesus is God should give us the greatest hope. Not just during Christmas, but throughout our lives. Because the person that you have surrendered your life to is God Himself, the Creator of all things. Especially when it gets challenging. And despite our never-ending failings. Somebody say amen. This whole year, I tell you, even with the best intention that I have for God's glory, I've failed numerous times. Now there's two thoughts that the world now, or as they want to call it, the modern, quote-unquote modern thinking, would like to believe how God is. There's two thoughts. First is that God is an all-accepting God because God is love. That He doesn't really care how you live your life because He loves you anyway. Or believes that it's relative to the person. It, it's up to the person on how he or she sees what good is and what is good for God. And that ultimately... They say what is right, and they say what is wrong. And then at the end, God will cover it because they are loved by Him. And then the second point of view of the world is, it's a moralistic point of view. It's a good works basis, a religion that's based on good works. They want to earn their relationship with God. Because at least they can really take it against God. You know, that, that, that's, that's, that's the trouble with people who loves to do good works for God. And they don't want the grace because they think they're doing plenty for God. They're doing plenty for God. And at the same time, they don't want God to tell them you're not doing enough. Because, you know, if they believe in grace completely... If they believe in grace completely, they're surrendering their power. They're surrendering their authority of their lives to Him. Because imagine, during this Christmas time, for the husbands here, imagine your wife giving you a gift of a deodorant. A deodorant, and then sends you a link to how to shower properly. And then sends you a book and gives you a book that says how to not be obnoxious. And then gives you a videotape of saying that says 
how to live with a person who snores loudly. How well will you receive those gifts? Are you really going to be saying, Oh, honey, thank you very much. I really needed 12 pack of deodorants. Six on each on pit. No, you will take that. I'm thinking. <laughs> I will take it very offensively. What? You think I'm obnoxious? You think I'm obnoxious? <laughs> right? It, it's it's going to be offensive. That's the truth about Jesus. Jesus being God is offensive to people. Because in a way we're saying, or He's saying to us, you're not doing enough. You will never climb up the ladder and make it to heaven with me. Because all your good works are dirty rags compared to what I can give and have done for you. That's why. That's why the moralistic point of view of God is wrong. And then the all love, this is the love part. God's main motivation was His love for the world. Yes, He loves the world. That's why He gave His Son. Now, if God was only for work-based, would not have... You know, if, if he was only about work base, Christmas would have not been needed. Him coming down from heaven and then to be sacrificed on the cross would have not been needed. And same thing if you if if you think he's just all love, then why the why the sacrifice? Why the payment for the sins? So neither the God of moralism nor the God of relativism would have bothered with Christmas. Christmas would have not been needed if those two point of views were true. The biblical God, however, is infinitely holy. Christians, I hope you're listening. So our sin could not be shrugged off because He's holy. It needed to be dealt with. He is also infinitely loving. He knows we could never climb up to Him. So He has come down to us. God had to come Himself and do what we couldn't do. He doesn't send someone. He didn't send someone else. He didn't send a committee report or a preacher. He sent Himself to die on the cross so that we can be with Him. Now Christmas therefore means that for you and me, there is all the hope in the world despite the darkness, folks. There is hope in the world, despite the COVID. Now, most of you are celebrating because vaccine's coming up. Like, oh my gosh, answer prayer. Fine, sure. I have stocks in those vaccines. Praise God. You know, despite the darkness, we, we, we rely, we, we should rely our hope on things here. Our hope, which is what Christmas represents, our hope is on Christ. Amen? And that He is God. And that He has been revealed and given to us repeatedly. The pain that it gives, the, the world gives pain constantly. And when we feel pain, we fail because we go back to our old ways. But there is hope. But there is hope because Christmas Day, during Christmas Day, God became a baby. To become payment for our sins against Him. So that we can be adopted into His family. And inherit eternal life. The ultimate gift of all time. 
So if you have eternal life, what are you so afraid of? What are we so afraid of? You know, it, 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 it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when, when, I, see, when I see this COVID, when, when I see this virus preventing us from, from doing the fellowship part. It, it breaks my heart. But at the same time, I understand. I don't want to force anybody to give me a hug, you know? No. But it, it, it separates us. You know what also breaks my heart? Is when, when we can't go to our brothers and sisters who are sick that have COVID because we're so scared that we're going to acquire it too. You know, Tita Ao, the mom of Alicia, um, and I shared this with Alicia and, and Romel this just after before I came here, I went to them and I prayed for Tita. You know, I feel guilty with this thing because they had COVID two weeks ago or a week ago. But Tita Ao, she's dying of cancer, right? She's dealing with cancer. They had her on FaceTime and she was asking for me. She goes, when are you coming? Are you coming tomorrow? But then everybody's throwing the caution flag at me. And I'm throwing caution flag at myself too because I'm thinking I don't want to, you know, like I don't want to expose myself there and then expose everybody else because. But then now because of all the meds that she's been taking to take away the pain, I can't even really have a real conversation with her anymore. Because of because of the concern. Because of the concern, fine, you know. Again, please, please don't don't take it against. Don't don't think that I'm neglecting the prudence part of it because. I agree. But really, it just puts that barrier, that barrier on how we can truly serve God and one another. Which makes me think, if I caught the COVID and I'm dying, some of you will probably won't see me in person because you're so concerned with COVID, right? You'll probably send me a sweet text, a picture text at best, or FaceTime at best. What's really, if God himself knowingly gave himself, brought himself to the world, knowingly that he will be sacrificed on the cross, right? Why can't we live like that for him? That despite, despite the danger to ourselves, no, I'm not, okay, time out. I'm not asking you to be suicidal, okay? But I'm just telling you that there should be, we should be able to identify. We should be able to identify. You know, Christians, we should be charging in. We should be charging in. When there's challenge in the world, we should be the ones charging in. We should be the ones, retreat, retreat. No, we should be like onward Christian soldiers. No, no. That's five people. That's fine. All right, five people. I'll see you tonight. Right? We, we, we should be charging. Now, okay, if you don't have to visit somebody with COVID, stop coming to church. But you've been, you haven't missed work for the whole year since you reopened. That's a big question mark. You buy a you buy a very expensive gift. 
for your loved ones, but you can barely give anything to the Lord. Where did that come from? <laughs> you know, folks, Christmas time, this is Christmas time. I know we go to Matthew, we go to Mark, right? We go to Luke, we go to John, the Christmas story, we want to see it. But, no, no John, but Mark, Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Luke. There, yeah, yeah. But this, this is it. God coming down. Taking the form of a baby, a helpless baby, because he loves us. Hopefully, we can live because of that love, that truth that resonates in our heart, that truth that convicts us and grips our heart. We will be able to live for him. Amen? Amen. Let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you, but at the same time, we know we can't thank you enough for everything that you have done continue to do for us the more you reveal your truth to us especially during this Christmas Christmas season the more we are humbled by your love and by your sacrifice to us us imperfect and prone to wonder people may our eyes and our minds and our hearts be focused not on the earthly gifts that we are to give or wanting to receive this Christmas but to the gift that you have already given us when your son Jesus Christ our God and Savior came down from heaven and became a baby for the main purpose of becoming the greatest gift of all time the greatest show of love and the greatest gift that we can ever receive you gave yourself to us to suffer a death of a criminal and the horror of the crucifixion Forgive us, Lord, when we make our lives about something else and for someone else other than you and for your kingdom and your righteousness. All this we ask in your Son's mighty and sweet name, Jesus Christ, our Lord, our God, our Savior. And all the Lord's people said, Amen. 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 Please rise for the closing hymn. And if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord for the first time, 